You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. If you take your Bibles, we're going to start a new series on Wednesday nights. We finished up Revelation back around November. And uh, I had some of our uh, assistant pastors preach, and we had a few special services uh, during December. But I want to start a brand new series, and it's going to take us a while, okay? That's the disclaimer, because otherwise you are going to get real nervous when you hear what the series is. We are going to take a journey through the entire Bible. Now, we're not going to do it all tonight, okay? So just so you understand that. And it's not going to be a verse-by-verse study. Otherwise, we would be here probably, and we'd have to pick it up in the millennium, and it'd take us most of the millennium to get through. We're not going to do verse-by-verse. We're not even going to do chapter-by-chapter, but we're going to do book-by-book. And each book will truly be an overview. So don't be surprised when we get to Genesis and when we go through Genesis in about a week or two. You say, well, that's too quick. Well, that's not too quick because you know we have 66 books in the Bible we got to get through. And so it's going to take us a while. But here's the goal. My desire is in 2024 is I want our church, I want us individually to have a better understanding of the Bible. I want us to have a better grasp on the Bible. Now, I think it's good if you can uh, learn certain passages and learn them well. I think that's wonderful. But don't miss the incredible power of all of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation and seeing how they all fit together. And can I tell you, that's the amazing thing about the Bible is it is 66 individual books, but it makes up one book. And it was all written, you ready, ready for this? It was all written by the same author. Now, there were human instruments that God used, but it was all written by God. And we are so, so blessed to have the Word of God that we can have in our hands, that we can own a copy, that we can read it, and we can study it. And so I hope this uh, series will be a help and a blessing to you on uh, Wednesday nights. Now, if we miss a week, if we have a guest or something happens, then we'll just pick up the next week. So don't panic. Uh, We'll just, we'll keep going. We'll work our way through it. And it might take us a while. That's okay. Uh, We're not in a hurry. Uh, I want us to learn. I want us to to grasp what the Lord has for us uh, from this series. Take your Bibles, if you will, and we're not going to start in Genesis this evening. We're going to start in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Tonight is an introductory lesson on uh, the Bible as a whole, and what is the Bible, and what does it mean to us, and, and what do we need to get out of the Word of God? 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible says in verse number 14, This is Paul writing to Timothy, who was uh, a a young man. He was a pastor. He was a preacher. Uh, He was a, a man of God that was used mightily to pastor the church at Ephesus. But Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.14. He says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. But then he says in verse 15, 
it's not just teachings that were passed down from your mother or your father or in Timothy's case, his mother and his grandmother or from Paul himself. But Paul says, verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. So Timothy, as a young man, he was taught the Bible. You know what's important for our families and your children and your grandchildren and our teenagers? It's important that we teach our children the Bible. Don't wait till they're adults. Don't wait till they're 18. Don't wait till they're 13. Uh, uh, teach your children, teach your grandchildren the Bible while they are young. Timothy, from a child, he knew the Holy Scriptures, which, by the way, at this time would have been the Old Testament. But yet, Timothy was instructed in the Bible. He was instructed in the Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, we need the Bible. The Bible shows us our need of salvation. The Bible shows us how to get saved. The Bible shows us what happens when we get saved. We need the scriptures. But then we get to verse number 16. And Paul writes to Timothy, and he makes this claim about the Bible as a whole. You ready for this? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Father, I pray that you'd help us and help me this evening in uh, this introduction. I pray that you'd help me to uh, not uh, get off on a rabbit trail. I pray that you'd help me to stay uh, with the point and help me to convey the truths that you have for us tonight. But Lord, I pray tonight that we would just be amazed I pray that we would be in awe when we think about the treasure that we have been given by way of the scriptures. I thank you for the precious Holy Bible. I thank you for the word of God. I pray that you would help us tonight to have a greater commitment to read it and to study it and to know it and to memorize it and to meditate upon it and to hide your word in our heart. Lord, I pray that you'd help us speak to us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible. The word Bible literally means book. And so when we say the Bible, we are referring to the greatest book that was ever written. We are referring to a book that was not written by man. It was not compiled by man. It was written by God, and it was compiled by God himself. The Bible, the book. The word scripture that we use, it refers to the writings or the teachings of God. I'm thankful that we have God's word. In 2 Timothy 3, we find that the Bible is different from every other book in the world because it is inspired by God. Now, I've said this before, but I, I want to make sure I stress it, and I want to make sure you understand this, that when we say the Bible is inspired, we're not meaning inspiration like, you know, I, I need some inspiration to work on a project. I need some inspiration to clean the garage, you know. I need some inspiration to, you know, uh, straighten the back. You know, no, we're talking about the word inspired means that the Bible was God-breathed. God 
breathed the words. God spoke the words. The Bible was not man taking God's words and tweaking them. The Bible was not man taking God's words and saying, I think this is what it should have said. Or I think this would be better. Or I think this would be clearer. Or I think this is what God meant to say. Oh, no, 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 no. The Bible was breathed. It was inspired. It was spoken by God. And that is what the inspiration of scriptures is all about. I like what it says in verse 16, all scripture. And by the way, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, I believe that the Bible is inspired, but I just believe certain parts. It's either all or nothing. And we believe, I believe, our church uh, adamantly stands on the fact that the word of God is inspired. It is breathed by God himself. Turn with me, if you would, please, to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. When we study the Bible, we're not studying man's ideas. We're not studying man's philosophies. We're studying what God himself has given to us as his word. Second Peter chapter 1. The Bible says in verse number 16, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, which, by the way, you study a lot of cults, and that's exactly what the cults are. They are cunningly devised fables. It's, it's made up stories. It is people talking about experiences that they had and how God spoke to them. I got news for you. That's not what Victory Baptist Church is following. You're not following a pastor. You're not following a tradition. You're not following the history of the church. We're following the word of God. And we're not talking about cunningly devised fables but it says in verse 16, when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, now who's writing this book? It's Peter. Peter was there. He was an eyewitness of the majesty and the glory and the transfiguration of Christ. Peter was there when Jesus showed up after the resurrection. Peter was there when Jesus ascended back into heaven in Acts chapter 1. And Peter says, we saw it ourselves. We are witnesses of his majesty. Verse 17, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, when did that happen? That was when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And Peter says, we heard the voice. We heard the voice from God when he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, I got news for you. I think I'd be pretty impressed to talk to somebody that heard it himself. I think I'd be pretty impressed to stand with Peter and to hear Peter tell the stories of everything he saw with his own God-given eyeballs. But notice what it says in verse number 18. And this voice, which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount, verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Now hang on, time out. Peter is saying that in the Bible, in the scriptures, in the word of God, we have something that is more 
sure. It is more settled. It is more dependable. It is more powerful. We've got something better here than if you were there to hear it yourself. You say, how is that possible? Because if you were there and you heard it yourself, you might get mixed up in telling the story. Remember when you were in elementary and you played the game of telephone in the classroom? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Did you ever do that? I remember we did that in elementary. And it was, so, it was so hilarious. Because by the time it got to the end, it wasn't even close to the same message that the teacher started with, with the first student. And by the time it got to the last student, you couldn't even recognize it. And can I tell you, that's why we have a more sure word of prophecy. Because you're not just taking my word for it, and I'm not just taking your word for it. We're taking God's word for it, and if God said it, you can count on it. If God said it, it is true. Peter says we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Verse 20, I love this. Knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Now, here's what that means. And I'm a pastor, but I'm never going to tell you that I can understand the Bible better than you can. Because that's not true. Because you have the Bible just like I have the Bible. I don't have any, I don't have any secret insight into the Bible more than somebody else. God's given it to all of us. And no prophecy of the scripture, none of the Bible is of private interpretation. You don't have to uh, get on the, the radio or get on the TV or get online to find out exactly what the Bible says. You can read it for yourself. Now, God uses preaching and God uses teaching and we need that. But if I ever stand up someday and I tell you something contrary to the Bible, then we've got a problem because let God be true and every man a liar. You don't, you don't say something's true just because I said it. You say it's true because the Bible says it. And I like what Paul said about the, the Christians at Berea. He said they were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they searched the Scriptures diligently to see whether those things were so. And I'll, I'll issue a challenge. I've said it before, but I'll issue a challenge. If I ever preach something and you say, we don't see that in the Bible, I'll sit down and I'll show you where it's in the Bible. And if, you, if I can't show you where it's in the Bible, I'll stand up and I'll say, sorry, folks. I said the Bible says this, but the Bible doesn't say this. Can I tell you, the Bible is given to all of us. It is of no private interpretation. But then it says this, verse 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake, verse 21, as they were moved by who? The Holy Ghost. And we have a Bible because there were some holy men of old time that the Holy Spirit moved them. And the Holy Spirit spoke to them. And the Holy Spirit said, write these words down. The Holy Spirit said, here's the message. Here's the word from God. And God has given us his word through the Bible. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. But God used approximately 40 different authors. Over a span of 1,500 years, the Bible was written in three different languages on three different continents, but yet the Bible all fits. 
The Bible does not contradict itself. The Bible all flows together because it is not a book written by man. It is a book that was written and given to us by God himself. It's amazing how the Bible fits together. There are some authors of books that we don't know exactly who wrote the books. Uh, one example, and while, we're, while I'm saying this, if you turn with me to Exodus 34. We do not know, for instance, we don't know who wrote the book of Job. You say, well, Job wrote it. Well, maybe he did, but we don't know it. Nowhere does it say that Job is the one that wrote it, but it's about Job. Then we've got books like Hebrews. And I personally, I believe that the book of Hebrews was written by the Apostle Paul, but we don't know that for sure. It could have been another uh, uh, apostle. It could have been another uh, New Testament saying, we don't know. But here's what we know is what's important is not who wrote it, humanly speaking. What's important is that it was written by God. It is the word of God. Turn with me, Exodus 34. And I want you to see a for instance of how God used men to write his word. Exodus 34 and verse number 27. And the Lord said unto Moses, write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. That's a neat example just of how God used men. Now, it doesn't say that specifically, that every single person had the command, write these exact words. But we know that every single person wrote the words that God gave them to write. Turn up with me, if you would, to the book of Luke. Here's an interesting example. The Gospel of Luke. Luke was not present with the disciples. Luke was a medical doctor. Luke was the man who also wrote the book of Acts. Luke knew the Apostle Paul. He traveled with the Apostle Paul. He was a very educated man. But notice what it says in Luke chapter 1, and he makes it very clear that he wasn't the one that actually saw these things, but Luke interviewed the eyewitnesses that were there. And as he was interviewing the eyewitnesses that saw Jesus and walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus, the Holy Spirit told Luke, hey, here's what you need to write. Here's how it happened. Here's exactly the way it was. And so Luke chapter 1, we see in verse 1, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses, and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Hebrews. Again, we said we don't know exactly who wrote the book of Hebrews, but it doesn't matter because we know God wrote it. But Hebrews chapter 1. In verse number one, it says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, 
whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. And then turn back with me, if you would, to the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. Is everybody doing okay? Are we still awake? How about the person next to you? Are they still awake? Oh, good. We've got two still awake next to us. John chapter 1. Although, Brother Mark, that is good that your wife's the one that said yes, so we know you're awake. John chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse number 14. And the Word, that is Jesus, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We see the Word of God. It was written by men. Uh, The word of God was spoken by Jesus Christ. The the word of God is given to us. It is preserved for us. It It is put together for us. Second Timothy says, because it's profitable for doctrine. We must have the Bible for doctrine. If you get your doctrine from anywhere other than the Bible, you've got a problem. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We need the Bible. Now let me give you a little overview here quickly of the Bible. There are, in the Bible, there are 66 books from Genesis to Revelation. I want you to turn in the front of your Bible and I want you to look at the um, index, table of contents, whatever it's called in your Bible, where it shows you all of the names of the books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Everybody got that in there somewhere? You see it? Wave at me if you see it, if you got it in there, all right, okay? Give me a thumbs down if you can't find it, all right? Anybody, we got it? It's all there, okay. Now notice with me the books of the Bible. We start with the Old Testament, and the Old Testament, the first category is from Genesis to Deuteronomy. Those five books of the Old Testament, we refer to those books as the law. Those were given by Moses. Now, Was Moses present in Genesis 1-1 when God created the heavens and the earth? Absolutely not. say, well, how did he know what happened? Because God told him what to write. And so Moses gave us the law. He was the human author of Genesis to Deuteronomy. Then we have from Joshua through Esther, we have the books of history in the Old Testament. Uh, Joshua, Judges, uh, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Those are all books of history uh, that you can read about in the Old Testament. Then we have the books of poetry. After Esther, you see the book of Job. Uh, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Those are all books of poetry. Now you've got uh, the Proverbs, which are wise sayings and principles for life. And you've got the Psalms, which are, are songs and prayers to God. And you've got the book of Job. Well, the book of Job is an amazing book. It is really a conversation that Job has with God and then that Job has with his friends and then God has with Job. But these are books of poetry. That's how we classify them. Then after the Song of Solomon, we get to the book of Isaiah. And notice from Isaiah down uh, through uh, Daniel, those are known as the major prophets. Isaiah Uh, Jeremiah, he also wrote Lamentations. Then you have the book of Ezekiel and Daniel. Those are the major prophets. You say, why are they major? 
not because they're more important than any, any other prophet, but because of the size of their books, we refer to them as the major prophets. I don't know if it'd be quite fair to say it's like the major leagues and the minor leagues because the major leagues are better than the minor leagues. But it's, here it's just because of the size of their books. Then you go from Hosea all the way down to Malachi, and all of those books are the books of the minor prophets. There are 12 of them. And uh, we've been through a series on that several years ago on the minor prophets. Now, all of these prophets, the major and minor prophets, they all lived during the times of the kings of Israel. Uh, some in the northern kingdom, some in the southern kingdom. <laughs> uh, some lived at the beginning and some lived towards the end before the uh, captivity. But they all lived during the times of the kings of Israel. We have these Old Testament prophets that had prophecy. Well, what is prophecy? We often say prophecy is the ability to predict the future. But really, prophecy is any time that God gave a prophet, a preacher, something to say, we would say that was prophecy. So that's the Old Testament, just a quick overview. Let's look quickly at the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What do we refer to those four books as? The Gospels. Because those books record the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those are the Gospels. Then we have the book of Acts. The book of Acts would be a, a history book. Really, it's more the history of the church. It's the history of how the church got started in Jerusalem and how there was persecution. And so they were scattered. And the gospel gets out, uh, not just to the Jews, but the gospel gets out to the Gentiles during the book of Acts. Then we have the uh, books from Romans through Philemon. Those are the letters of Paul. Now, Paul wrote some letters to churches. He wrote some letters just to a group of Christians, like the, the book of Romans. It doesn't say the church at Rome, but it was the Christians that were located in Rome. And then there were the letters that Paul wrote to uh, preachers. He wrote to, uh, to Timothy, and he wrote to Titus. We refer to those as the pastoral letters or the pastoral epistles. Then we have the general letters. If you look in your um, table of context, from the book of Hebrews, depending on who you think wrote Hebrews, which I think Paul, so that would be Paul's letters, but we're not exactly sure. So we would say those were general letters uh, written just more in general, the Hebrews, then the uh, book of James, first and second Peter, first, second, third John, and then the book of Jude. Those are the general letters. And then the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, which we just finished back in November, that is a book of prophecy. It is uh, Primarily, from chapter 4 on, it is all of events that have not yet taken place, but we know they will. So we see the overview of the books from Genesis to Revelation. Let me give you these few thoughts, and I'll be done on time. Number one, we see the men that God used. You know what's amazing to me? Is God used some pretty smart people, and then he used some others too. How many of you are glad that God doesn't need smart people to use us? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God doesn't need rich people? Hallelujah. And by the way, he used some rich people, but he also used some poor people. He used some guys that were just fishermen. You say, how do you know that fishermen are poor? Well, do you know any rich fishermen? You know, most of them spend all their money on their fishing equipment, right? But God used ordinary average people to write his word. Guess what? That's what God is using today 
to deliver his word. That's what God's using today for us to spread his word. He's just looking for average, ordinary people that'll be willing to be used by God. Secondly, I see the methods that God used. God used methods like telling Moses, hey, write it down on a table of stone. And God gave the message to Moses, but then God also used some unusual means. God used a burning bush to get the message across. God used a talking donkey. God used a whale to swallow somebody up so he would get the message to Nineveh. I'm just saying, God uses different methods, but today, without a doubt, his method is his word being preached, his word being taught, his word being shared, uh, his word being delivered. This is God's method today. So don't go out to the petting zoo and expect the donkey to talk to you. Don't go for a walk out in the woods and stand in front of a bush and wait for that bush to get on fire and God to start speaking to you. You don't have to do that because God has given us a more sure word of prophecy. He has given us his word. That's the method. Thirdly, I see the message. The message of the Bible is all about Jesus. I'm gonna talk more about that next week. The message of the Bible is all about Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, it points forward to Jesus. In the New Testament, it points backward to Jesus. Everything in the Bible is pointing us to Jesus. And so in every book that we look through, we're gonna see how that it all points to Jesus Christ. That's the message of the Bible. And then lastly, I'll say this, the miracle of the Bible. This book is a miraculous book. This book is a powerful book. This book is inspired, it is preserved, uh, it is inerrant, that means it's without error. It is infallible, meaning no, nothing is going to fail, nothing is going to fall, nothing is going to, uh, to, 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 to be diminished. This book is the Word of God, and that's a miracle. Hebrews 4.12, the Bible tells us about itself that the Word of God is quick, it's alive, it is powerful. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. I want to tell you, the problem in our lives and the problem in our churches and the problem in our homes is not that we don't still have the power because we do still have the power. We've got the word of God. The problem is that we don't use it. The problem is that the sword's sitting on the shelf. The problem is that the weapon is not being used. The problem is that the dynamite is not being lit because we have the Word of God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.